Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Quitman. And I'm just sitting here, you know, <laughs> Mark is talking to get, myself. Mark has got to I can tell Mark's getting sleepy. It's late. We're recording at no, night. I'm not sleepy at all. I've slept all day. I didn't. Uh, I've won the most sleepy award for the theater thing this weekend because last yeah. night I did. I fell asleep during the movie. The only reason I adjusted my thing was because it's hard to look at you and keep my head, you know. Oh, got you. You know, with the with the microphone right here, oh. I was pushing it, so I moved the side and set this up so I can look at you when I'm talking to you without hurting my neck. Well, there you go. Because believe it or not, when I'm having a conversation with someone, I try to stay engaged. And I'm already just, a big enough pain in your neck. Not just sitting around. Yes. <laughs> you are literally becoming a pain in my neck, <laughs> not just figuring it. <laughs> um, so we just, uh, we're celebrating our anniversary. We had a steak dinner. We're uh, our, our wrestling podcast anniversary. Let, yeah. me, pref- let me clarify. Yeah. We uh, didn't sleep together that one time. Yeah, multiple times. Not multiple. Well, it was two nights. Yeah. It was the same trip. Yeah. And that was not planned. No, that was like the, I can remember walking in that room going, <laughs> I thought you said I had two double beds in here. Well, it's supposed to. I've never been, I've never been so relieved to see a king-sized bed <laughs> in my life. Oh, but it was, uh, anyway. So, we just talked about uh, Steve Austin and The Undertaker. We don't talk. This is a podcast about the wrestling you grew up with, the wrestling you need to watch now, and stuff. We have gotten away. We don't really talk a lot of modern wrestling. Mm -mm. But this stuff is pertinent. We do watch AEW. That's what I want to talk about here. But I do feel like. This it'll it'll branch off into some other things. I want to talk about a podcast I was listening to the other day. Some erroneous reports. I want to bash that. <laughs> erroneous. Erroneous. <laughs> erroneous. <laughs> I want to talk about Cody Rhodes. Of course, leaving AEW. I think mm-hmm. you and I will be on the same page on some of the things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's been. A few days, four or five days since the announcements, because they, you know stuff. Just if you if we had talked about it the day after, uh-huh. we wouldn't have had. And stuff is just still coming out. Kenny Omega just did an interview, and the stuff's still coming out. But um, I want to get your thoughts on it. And and does Cody Rhodes go back to WWE? I tell you, the first thing I'd do is not listen to anything Wade Keller says. Right. <laughs> you know, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, he's always he's like the wish version of Dave Meltzer. Yeah. He always has been. Yeah. And his opinions on wrestling to me have never been all that spectacular. Right. So I wouldn't listen to much of what he says. First of all. Second of all, well, I didn't say that I did listen to it. Well, I know. Oh, you're just, just saying he said some. He was talking about it. Okay. Was, you know, I don't even remember what he said now because I paid it so little attention. Right. Right. Um, but I know it was stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, he may go back to WWE. I, you know, 
wouldn't blame him if he did. Right. I don't know. I'm not 100% convinced that it's 100% legit. Right. You know, it could be, but it doesn't seem like they're working people. No, no. You know, I, I, I don't. If they are, then that whole locker room is in on it. Yeah. Because I don't think they would try to Brian Pillman that locker room. No. I think it would cause problems. Maybe right. I'm wrong. Maybe, but I could also see Tony Khan wanting to do that. Yeah. He strikes me as the guy that wants to see if he can, you know, work the boys. Right. So it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. I would be curious to know what a lot of the, I think some of it's got to do with, with Brandy. Yeah. I think that's. Maybe I'm wrong, right? But I think everybody knows that she's probably she's a lovely person. Mm-hmm. Everybody has great things to say about her. Yeah, she does not need to be a TV character. No, that's right. And I just and maybe I'm wrong, but that's mm-hmm. what I think some of this is going to boil down to. Right, is them not wanting Tony Khan realizing it's cringy when she's on TV. It's yes. not like it's just she wants to be a TV star so bad, and she's right. not any good at it. Right. Wrestling and is she, not her thing. Right. And she might, in a scripted series or other stuff, might well, somebody's be Somebody's telling her what to do. She doesn't have free reign. Right. Right. I think that, and this, listen, this has been reported, and I would have said this before it was reported, because I think this is what happened. I think Cody... The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. I think what they did prior to AEW, that two or three years, what Cody did, had never been done before. Right. Now it's done weekly. Yeah. Um, And I got to go, I don't know if I saw Cody multiple times. I got to go to a Ring of Honor show during that time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just an incredible, it was a palpable thing mm-hmm. you could feel. And I really think that they thought Tony Khan was just going to be a money mark. Yeah. And that Tony was going to put in the money Mm -hmm. and they're going to do the booking. Right. And I really believe at that point in Cody's career, Cody wanted that. He wanted the creative. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see, can I do this? Mm-hmm. I don't know that Dustin's ever had that. No. You hear with the Hardys, I mean, you hear Matt and Jeff, like I've heard Matt say, Jeff just wants to, Jeff doesn't think about the business. Right. What do you want me to do? Here's what we're going to do. Okay, just tell me. Mm-hmm. Matt thinks about booking and promoting. He thinks about all that. Mm-hmm. And I think Cody, and and what we know now, and you can go back and look at the product. There was a shift where Tony Khan said, this, yeah. this ain't working for me, guys. Yeah, that's right. And I think where somebody said, why is Lance Archer having a competitive match with Marco Stunt? Yes. Somebody stepped in and said that. Yeah. Yeah. That was Tony Khan. Right. Because he listens to a lot more Jim Cornette than you think. If you, anybody yes. that doesn't listen there's one podcast that I listen to mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. Every episode of Yeah. It. And that's Jim Cornette's. Right. 
because we share a lot of opinions right about the way we think wrestling ought to be done right and i enjoy hearing his commentary on the things that i don't like because he typically eviscerates the things that i don't like right and he typically praises the things that i think he's a little hard on yeah some people sometimes Mm -hmm. but that goes kenny omega being one of them i think he sometimes doesn't want to admit when he does something that's good. Yeah. Same with the Young Bucks. Right. Um, but for the most part, I agree with him. And I can tell you 100% without question, Tony Khan listens to his podcast. Yes. Yes. Tony Khan grew up watching mm-hmm. and admiring Jim Cornette. Yep. Y'all need to understand, Tony Khan has seen every episode of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. <clears throat> yes. And I, you know, but back to our, there was a shift Mm -hmm. and whatever power that they had as executive vice presidents, this thing's changed. I think a lot of people have bought into this EVP thing a little more than was actually there. But yeah, but that's probably true too. Because I keep reading this about Cody left. You know, he wasn't just a performer there. <laughs> he was an executive vice president. Right. Well, I'm an executive vice president of the Double Dropkick Show, and that and 75 cents to give me a cup of coffee. Actually, you'd have to be there to give me the 75 cents to get the cup of coffee. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> so I, I think... And I think we've said this before. I know you've said it before on this podcast. <coughs> Cody Rhodes is a is a fine talent. Absolutely. He is not the face of your company. Mm-mm. No. His role, the TNT title was made for him. That Perfect. great. That's where he needed to be. And he's a mid-card guy. And that's but he's he's, a, he's, he's a, a great mid card. There you guy. go. He's a great mid card guy. I thought he's an upper mid card guy that you can once a year give a shot at the title, right? And it means something. Correct. I you know I enjoy Cody's matches. I enjoy he most of his one promos. Of, he has one of my favorite matches in the last ten years. Yeah, was him and Dustin. I liked him and Dustin against the Young Bucks, too. Yeah, that was a great match. Cody and Nick Aldis at All In mm-hmm. was tremendous. Yep. The whole spectacle of it and the NWA title. I mean, uh-huh. he, he made us care. And then they had they each came, he came to the ring and he had all these people in, the, in yeah. his corner. It was, felt like a big fight. You don't get that. R- remind me to say something. Okay. Uh, while you, I want to let you finish. Yeah. But you said about something about people in his corner and it triggered a thought. Um, but anyway, what I'm saying is I have enjoyed Cody. I'm not one of those people who's like, it's like everybody just turned on him. Yeah. All right. So I people think in they, his- I think it had a lot to do with his wife. Yeah. So I read his thank you. Yeah. He thanked everybody. Uh-huh. And I read... I think he made another statement. Somebody said they didn't want to watch AEW. He said, man, I want to encourage you to watch it because there's still a lot of people there. Yeah. You know the one person that he didn't thank? Who's that? Art Anderson. Really? And I found that uh, planted a seed in my head that maybe there's something going on here. That's what planted the 
seed for me. That it might be a work. Right. Because he didn't say anything about Arn Anderson. And I just wonder why. You would think that he would have mentioned him. Because here's the thing. Because he's a big part of that presentation. That Cody, Brandy, and Tony Khan slash AEW. There were marketing firms and law firms. Because mm-hmm. what I heard is they're working on a deal. It becomes apparent that a deal ain't happening. Right. And that, all right, we need to we need to do these statements. Mm-hmm. So that makes it the fact that this person's is, is and they missed that. Yeah, that well, could be. Could be. Uh, I tell you another thing that you got to think about. Okay, when I start my wrestling company, and I want CM Punk and Brian Danielson. Yeah, but I can't get them yet. So, I, but I got Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. I got the Young Bucks. I got Cody Rhodes. I don't know that I need that headache. Yeah. If I got Punk and Danielson. Because those are the two main stars of that company now. Right. Okay. And John Moxley. And listen, when when AEW first started three <clears throat> you know, three years ago, twenty nineteen, Moxley wasn't on the the radar. I don't even know he was a free agent when they announced the company. Yes, because yes. they did the uh he showed up at their first pay per view, right? But they did that. They did their announcement in January, uh, yeah. And then their pay per view was maybe March or April, so maybe it was. Yeah, because he shot that uh, vignette when he was like in prison, like getting out of prison. Yeah, yeah. But the, you got to think how many. You got to think the things. How many stars alive that Tony Khan could not have even comprehended to get Adam Cole, to get Brian Danielson. To get, I'm sure when he started AEW, he's like, CM Punk, I'm going to text him every week. Yeah, but they're getting Adam Cole under right now. They're not getting him over. They're getting him under. Right. So. Um, they debuted him and then debuted a bigger star right behind him. Right, right, you right. You know, that, I, that was probably a little a misstep, to be honest with you. Right. Um, to me, a little bit of a misstep there. Yeah. This guy's a because he is a big deal for, yeah. for that crowd. A big deal, good ring. Yeah. You know, I knock his size a little bit, but you know, he's still an awesome promo. I think, I think he and Paige will have a good match at the pay per view. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I, how, how, where do you go with that match? I mean, right. does Paige beat him? Right. Or do you put the title on Adam Cole so that he can feud with Omega, which seems like the natural. Right. Progression of things. I think, I think there's, I mean, o- Omega was pretty beat up. Yeah. I think he was beat up when AEW started. Mm-hmm. And he carried the company. He did. And and what better time for him to get some stuff fixed? Yeah. Because they haven't missed him. No, not at all. And But that's what I'm saying. In a company that now has Punk and now has Danielson and has Moxley, you know, is Kenny Omega, has his contract come up yet? And is he going to get re-signed? Are they going to offer him? Is he going to get the deal he thinks he's going to get? 
Right. That's what I'm saying. I think Cody wanted punk kind of money. Uh huh. And he's not a punk level. No. Um. So let let's. Uh, oh man, there's so much I want to talk. But that's about. where I see that that thing with that company going. Is yeah. If you ha- you're not going to pay those guys the same thing you're going to pay Punk and Daniels, right? Because they're not the return on that investment is not going to be there. Right. 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 It really may not be there on Punk and Danielson. Right. They're not right. they they haven't drawn any more people to watching their shows. Yeah, you're hoping you're hoping the next T V deal right. you're getting a payoff. Right. So I'm watching a I'm watching a show the other night podcast. And I I come in late to it. And they're talking about AEW salaries. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I basically said, you know, you can probably count on one hand the number of people that make over five hundred thousand. And like, oh Heath, you're you're wrong about that, man. That's crazy. We got the lit. We got the top ten. I'm gonna read the top ten to you. And they read the top ten, and and number one was John Moxley at at six million dollars a year and i'm like i'm typing in the chat you got where's the link so they give the link and it's some like sportster you know it's something like me me and you mm-hmm. probably, uh, probably not me and you no no me and you <laughs> if i showed you this website now and you look at it and like it's like basically like the babylon b of wrestling you you can look at it and be like, this is not a news source. Right. And they were just, oh, Heath, you're wrong, you know. And, and, and I'm like, so I, I'm like, CM Punk, from what I've heard, making about three million a year. Him and Jericho, two to three million. See, I, 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 listen, I will be the first to tell you, you probably know better than me. Right. Because um, I don't follow that. Right. Um, but I read something about him making six. Punk. Punk. That, that, six. that could be possible. And that, that's what Cody wanted. He wanted to be in that neighborhood, and they come in about three for Cody. Right. Right. And he balked at that. Well, they're saying what, the, what that article, what these guys were saying, that Cody was already making three. And what I'm saying is what I have heard in all of this is that Cody was offered three Right. Which means he wasn't making three. Correct. And I certainly don't think, I read somewhere, you know, John Moxley's last WWE <coughs> contract was about 900 a year. Well, that's probably about right. There's no way Tony Khan's paying him six times more. I don't know, Heath. I don't know, man. He's big. I mean, he was a big. I don't think they're paying anybody more than they're paying CM Punk. No. Now. It's but but you took from that top ten. I mean, it was probably forty or fifty million just from that ten. Right. And and this article said the average salary in AEW was three hundred thousand. That Dante and Darius Martin are both making three hundred thousand dollars. And that's that. what I was like. No, I don't believe that. The so I'm sorry, I do not believe. No. So I think you're probably just like. Standard stuff. I think you, so those guys are sitting around seventy five. Right, if I had to bet. Now, what I know, 
is that somebody like a well, I don't want to say names or whatever. People that we know that we've seen right yeah, here. Yeah, the people that do stuff on dark. I get they you. get the, about the people a, who don't have a contract right. but do work shows. Okay. They get a thousand dollars in appearance. Right. And right. The, the women's like seven fifty eight hundred. Men about a thousand. That that's what you get to go mm-hmm. to go there. That you're you're not all elite. <laughs> and then I think the other people that like a Lee Moriarty, seventy five fifty seven five thousand dollars, pretty good for him. Yeah. I heard you know Joey Janela's first contract. Was about 150. Mm-hmm. Now his contract was renegotiated because you see him going on a lot more independent shows, GCW. Right. Because they basically said, "We ain't paying you 150. We'll give you 50, and you can but go you work. Can do what you, want. you can work this other stuff." I have heard. Um, <clears throat> again, our patrons have heard this before. I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but there's a guy, bona fide future Hall of Famer, works for AEW, made more money last year than he's ever made before. A guy's been in the business 25, 30 years because he gets more than 2% of his merch. Right, right. And uh, that's a big deal. I was there when you were told that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, But I think all of that, that he – I don't think this thing worked out like Cody thought it would. Like, I think he went in wanting to be the corporate cowboy. I think he went in thinking he was going to be this – he was going to be in the CM Punk role. Don't you? I think it's more about the backstage. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I think in ring, I think Cody got maybe. I just thought he had would. I think he thought he maybe'd have more influence. But they parlayed it. They got he got on that game show. They got their reality series. That's was kind of what I was thinking about. Like, where does that stuff wind up at now? I've heard that they were they were looking at season two, and now that's out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then that Go Big show, where does it leave that? Yeah. But he can do that with WWE. They'll give him a reality show on the Peacock and he'll be fine. But somebody, again, you read a bunch of stuff and listen, here's how it works. And here's what wrestling fans, and if you're a wannabe wrestling podcaster, here's what you got to learn. And I learned this the hard way. Dave Meltzer or somebody will write something, report something behind a paywall. Uh-huh. And then a hundred websites aggregate that and, and put say, it out. And say their source told them their source is just their subscription to the wrestling observer. And then a thousand websites will take from that hundred. So you might go and you're writing your doing your research and you're like, Well, I got three sources. No, you don't. You got yeah, one source that just got posted three times. And, he, and he's the guy that Tony Khan told what to say. Right. 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 Um, you, t- you, I mean, somebody posted how AEW already has like, like in the whole history of TNA, they had like three five-star matches. Mm-hmm. And AEW has had like 30 five-star five. matches. Yeah. I'm telling you what. Dave Meltzer, and and the whole meme was, tell me Meltzer's on the payroll without telling me he's on the payroll. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. That's, um. I saw today, I was just watching a clip, and it was Alvarez and one of his goofball friends. Yeah. And uh, they were talking about the AEW NXT, and the other guy said, well, I thought NXT was the better show mm-hmm. this week. 
And Alvarez said, no, it wasn't. AEW was. And he said, yeah, you're right. I guess AEW was better. <laughs> They're not even hiding it. Right. You know? Right. And, and, but it's cost them so much credibility with people like me. Right. I, the people that that voted on those awards that they just gave out, it didn't, you know. Yeah. I know what all that's about. Right. And that's fine. Right. But those people are not going to be swayed. They're going to keep reading Meltzer because he tells them what he wants to hear. Same reason I listen to Cornette. Yeah, he tells you what he you want to hear. He tells me he agrees with what I say. Yeah. And it allows me to say the second greatest wrestling manager of all time agrees with with me. Right. <laughs> he thinks the way I think, you know. So I get why they do right. it. I mean, so. um, I've heard. I start with the thought that started that whole segue, an excellent segue, by the way, is that I've read that Cody's trying to get five million, or that WWE's offering him five million. And Smart on their part. Here's the thing: what I'm, I do think I, WWE's a different company now. What I mean by that is. Ten years ago, Vincent Mann's totally signing Dusty. I mean Cody Rhodes, totally. Uh-huh. He ain't even thinking twice about it. But it ain't the same company. This company is like, is Cody Rhodes going to help us earn more than a billion dollars? See, see, I think you're wrong. Okay, I think that in this case, yeah, it's totally worth. They just made. We just talked earlier about how they made $50 million today on one show. Yeah. So $5 million is a drop in the bucket. No, I got that. Yeah. Um, to say. <laughs> well. Because whether the people believe it, we just hired an executive vice president. He was over there smashing thrones on their pay-per-view and putting a figure out that's got throne brand. I got, I got that figure. I do too. Um, so. And and he did all that, and then he came back, and he bowed down to the E, and he come back home, and he put the Stardust makeup back on because we told him to, and then we released him. Oh, wow. What if they- I think it's completely worth it to Vince McMahon. Oh, I got To you. spend $15 million to do that. Yeah. Wow. Make it, you know. Hmm. I, yeah. What if they brought Cody back to be the new Triple H? <laughs> you got, I mean, you know. No, to be, to have, to be like, all right, hey, Cody, your first show back, you're going to come out on the throne. Yeah. You're going to, you know. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you go for the, I mean, Cody, the whole point, the whole point of everything we've just seen the last four years, five years, was that Cody was like, I think I have a good mind for wrestling. I've been around this business. I don't want to stretch my creative juices. My dad was a genius. Yeah. Maybe I learned something being around him. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me... I mean, money talks, but to me, like, to go back and just go back and be a part of the machinery, mm-hmm. and there'd have to be more to it than just, yeah, I'm going to go wrestle for the WWE. 
Maybe Vince McMahon is saying, you know what, Cody, you're right. Your father is a man that I loved and respected a lot more than a lot of other people, and I thought your father was a genius. You know. And we have revamped NXT 2.0. We, we're going in a different way. And I've seen, Cody, what you did with Sammy Guevara, and I've seen – and Cody – and, you know, I think Brock Lesnar kind of talked about it on that Pat McAfee thing when he talked about they want to see somebody step up. Yeah. I think what he means is they honestly would love to kind of – as much as they want to have somebody that's programmed. Yeah. I think Vince, it's in Vince McMahon's DNA to like people that flip him off and walk out the door and go make something of themselves and come back. Yeah. I think he likes that. Oh, like, 100 you know, Yeah. He, he, yeah. He likes to say, well, this guy wasn't afraid yeah. to walk away from this. He's not living his dream. Yeah. He's out trying to make as much money as he can, yeah. and I can do something with a guy like that. Yeah. So that's the flip side. But I think, uh, you know, mark it down, he winds up back in that Stardust outfit for us over with. That'll be right before they release him again, though. <laughs> but what if... What if, you know, they just... Maybe not. Maybe. Just, I, I hope I'm wrong. Right. I do. Like, I want to be wrong about it. I want them to bring him back and him reach the same heights as The Rock. I want that. I would love to see a big star right. made in wrestling. Um, I'm curious to know how the crowd will react. You know how I'd bring him back, though? Yeah, let's, that's, what I was, that's next. I figured it was. How do you book it? They've been building this guy up. Uh-huh. Uh, for about six or eight or nine years now. I don't know. <laughs> Veer Mahal. Yeah. Veer Mahan, whatever his name is. Yeah. He's coming to Raw. He's coming yeah. to Raw. He's coming to Raw. He's yeah. coming to Raw. All right. You need to get a return. They're not going to get a return on this guy. Let yeah. Me, let me uh, let me Tarantino his career for you. Mm -hmm. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay. We wish Veer Mahal the best for his, in his future endeavors. Yeah. So we can go back to him debuting, then building him up to be a big monster so that, you know, <clears throat> Roman Reigns can beat him for the U.S. title because they got Brock Lesnar as a champ. Now Roman's the U.S. champ or Seth Rollins is – or he's, he becomes the U.S. champ and Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins beats him for it after a little program where they wrestle 47 times on TV. Yeah. And then he disappears for three months. Uh-huh. And then they bring him back and they pair him up with some other guy uh -huh. that, uh, for whatever reason, they couldn't figure out what to do with yeah. it. Where, Otis. Okay. They put him with Otis. Uh, they put some ridiculous gimmick on him mm -hmm. that's not intended to get over. But because it's not intended to get over, <laughs> it organically gets over. Right. And everybody starts liking it. And then they take them off TV. And then they bring them back and put them in some ridiculous deal where they beat them every week for for six months. Right. And then they release them both. Yeah. So does that sound familiar? That's pretty good. In the WWE? Pretty good. Like Rusev. Yeah. Great colleague. Yeah. Braun Strowman. Yeah. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. You know, maybe not Bray Wyatt. Uh. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Um, Heath. What's his yeah. name? Yeah. Heath. Yeah. So does that sound familiar? That you've, sounds, you've heard that story before. Mm -hmm. So rather than waste this guy. Yeah. Have him. He's finally going to make his debut. Yeah. And then take a note from 
AEW and debut a bigger star right after him and have mm-hmm. Cody come out, kick the crap out of him. Yeah. Say so he that's a pretend WWE creation that you guys thought you were going to make. Chuck him out. Yeah. Let's not waste our time on this guy that's never yeah. going to get over anyway. And then and Cody beats him up and says, "Now oh, you got a real star that went out and made himself a star. You don't need those. You don't need those manufactured cookie cutter guys anymore. Do a little program where he beats that guy. Yeah. Because you know, not, yeah, he's never that guy's never gonna. No. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I'm just You're basing this on what I've seen. You're not wrong. Um, that's how his career is gonna go. And then maybe you get some return on Cody because he beats this guy up. Hmm. But you got to think that he's coming back. If he's coming in, he's doing something at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's too bad Triple H is not healthy because that's that's the match. that's the match. I mean, that is the match that you want to see. And maybe you build him up for a year, and Triple H is okay next year to to do yeah. something with him. I don't know. We may never get another Triple H match. Do you want to see Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns in the top spot? Mm-mm. I don't think Rome, I don't think Cody Rhodes is a main event player. I agree. I'm sorry, I don't. I agree. I like Cody Rhodes. I enjoy yes. his matches. Every, like most of the matches he's had on TNT, I've liked every mm-hmm. single one of them. I can't think of right. a bad one. Great. I enjoy his promos, but he's not a main event guy to me. Right. Right. I don't. I don't need to see him as that. You know, Co- you know. And pardon me if this is blasphemy. <laughs> Tully Blanchard, like Tully Blanchard, had a great career, but he wasn't ever a main event guy. He was a U.S. title guy, yeah. TV title guy. He had, was in a main event faction. Correct. You could put him in main event matches, and he didn't look out of place. That's right. That's right. He was. He was a. Could if there were not a Ric Flair, it's. Telly Blanchard could have been a traveling NWA world champion. Mm. I think you're probably wrong about that. Okay. At the time, I don't know that Telly Blanchard is a traveling NWA world champion. I don't know that maybe he doesn't get a year with it. And maybe he's not, doesn't have the Terry Funk deal. Yeah, certainly not. He's right. no, he's not in the Terry Funk. Right, right. Character. What what I mean is he could he could have had a Kerry Von Eric. Three days you need to have him have the title. Yeah, he's not a. But but he you're right. He is who you say he was. Right. You were on the right track to start with. Yeah. You don't have to go back and defend it and say, well, he could have been the world champion. He was a great U.S. TV U.S. Yeah. or a TV champion. He was an upper mid card guy that what I said at the beginning of this yeah. that you can plug in right. to the main event yeah. occasionally and it makes sense. He doesn't right. look out of place. He right. can hold his own in the ring. Yep. Hundred percent. You need a lot of those guys on your roster. You basically you need an entire roster full of that. Yeah. And and, and one one or two major stars to carry yeah. your company. That's how wrestling works. It's a star-driven industry. Yeah. You don't need everybody on the same level. Right. Everybody doesn't need to be a main eventer. Everybody doesn't get a turn with the world title. Right. And I, it's possible when Omega comes back that he's not even That's in. That's what I'm saying. The if, upper t- I, if I got 
Punk, and I've got Danielson, and I've got Moxley. I don't know where Omega fits in. With and that. you've built, you're building MJF yeah, you're to building that inevitable MJF, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Yeah, sitting there. I'm watching Guevara and 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 Darby Allen have a match on TV the other night, and thinking, I know people. Are, I don't mean they're on the same level yet. But it reminded me of when Austin and Rock were feuding over the Intercontinental title. Mm. And you're thinking, I'm going to be watching these guys feud over the world title right. five years from now. Right, right. That was kind of what I had a thought when I was watching it, that these guys are going to be feuding against each other for years to come. Right, right. And I liked that. I was excited about that. Yeah. I think, I think Guevara... I I do think I I wanted, wanted to say this earlier. Like AEW has brought in a lot of big names, but they have built MJF, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, mm-hmm. the, the Jungle Express. They've yeah. they've built up, and I kind of like the fact that I don't. I like it, but I I think they have to be careful with it. They mm-hmm. love the debut. Yes, yes. They don't seem to know what to do after the debut right, sometimes. Right. However, I like the fact that they're not turning into TNA, where every time somebody comes from WWE, they smash them over all their homegrown guys. All right. But that being said, I also think, where's Ruby Soho? Right. Because, boy, she come out and everybody went crazy. Yeah. And I ain't, you know, I ain't seen her in a month and a half. Right. I don't know where she's at now. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, she come in and she was hot, and everybody was hot for her, and bam, and now she's gone. Right, right. She lost. Now she's not on TV. There's a there's some positives to the way they cycle people in. Now Miro. Yeah. Where's he been? He was hot. Everybody was into him. Everybody loved. They brought him in to start with, doing the comedy nerd thing. Yeah. And I think they realized pretty quickly, man, we're wasting this guy. Yeah. And then they made him be the killer that he always could have been. Yeah. All these years. Yeah. And then he lost, and he was gone. Yeah. Where's he at? Right. But they don't really miss him. No. But. And, and I'm, I'm afraid that's what's going to happen with Wardlow. Yeah. They're building Wardlow up. Yeah. People are into it and people are digging it. I'm assuming he's going to win this match. The ladder match thing that they're going to have for the shot at the title. Yeah. MJF's going to tell him, give me yeah. that shot. And that's when the turn's going to happen. Yeah. I would assume. Right. I, I assume, but who knows? Yeah. But they're putting him in a match with, with Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs. Why do that? Why right. put those guys in that match at all? Right. If you want Wardlow to come out looking like the, the killer. Right. Because you can't – the, the other two guys are killers too. Don't put all that beef in that one match, man. Keep those guys away from each other for a little while. Let me ask you a question. Why bring – I didn't realize Keith Lee was as old as he was. I didn't either. Um, and there were parts of his debut 
He's not the same person he was. He's not. And he's put a little weight on. And I can just – I'm going to tell you this, being a big dude myself, yeah. um, I move better than a lot of men my size, my age. Right. Um, obviously, he moves even better than a guy like me does. Yeah. But it, you don't get more flexible right. as you get older. Right. You know – so what what maybe we I had a text from a friend of ours the other day about Keith Lee and I've had a lot going on I haven't been able to yeah. respond to everything. But if you've seen Keith Lee seven or eight years ago, yeah, he's moving like the young bucks. Yeah, that's why he got over. It. Yeah, because he was like Vader and Big Bam Bigelow. Right, he was doing things that a guy his size shouldn't be able to do. That's right. Um, but that's catching up. It caught up with Bigelow. It caught up with Vader. Yeah. And now it's catching up with Keith Lee. You can't do that forever. Right. You can't be that big jumping off stuff and landing on the floor. It just it just it don't happen. It ain't good. It messes your joints up. I it get, does it when you're a smaller guy. Right. You know? Yeah. But when you're a big dude like that, you can't do that into your 40s. Dar, um, I feel like if I'm Tony Khan... And I got Wardlow. And I got Hobbs. Like, just because you can sign a guy doesn't mean you should. Very true. Sign a guy. Very true. Listen, I love I – th- I like all those guys. I think yeah. there's an upside to, to Lee, Hobbs, and Wardlow. Yeah. But I just wouldn't put them all in the same match. Right. Right now. Right. You know? I would just – if I want Wardlow to win this match so that he can do the deal with MJF, yeah, then I'd put Dante Martin in the match. Yeah, I put Lee Moriarty in that match. Yeah, I put, you know, some guys. I mean, you don't. I don't want to bring Keith Lee in with all that fanfare and him not win that match. Right. But I also don't want to build Wardlow up and him not win that match. And I don't want to put Hobbs in there and him not win that match. Mm. They certainly have a lot of talent that, that on their roster. A little bit too much, to be honest with you. Right. Like, you remember a couple of years ago when we were talking about, man, boy, the AEW, man, they, like, they've got a lot, but their TV's gotten a lot better because the wrestlers have gotten better. They got better wrestlers. Yeah, you don't need Joey Janela and Marco Stunt. No. When you can put Christian with the Jurassic Express right. to, just to talk for them. Yeah. And, and you you know, you just don't. And it's great to have guys. To me, the whole deal with Lance Archer and Hangman Page, I loved it. Because he was a legitimate threat to Hangman Page. Yeah. He comes out. They have a nice little deal on TV to get you to the next pay-per-view. Yeah. That's great. They, you should have guys like Lance Archer around for that. And now right. you can keep Lance Archer off TV for a few weeks. You bring him back. You can smash him over a couple of people. Right. And you build it. He's right back where he was at. Right. But – but again, Lance Archer, he's in his forties. Yes, he's not a guy. But they're not building the company around him, right? They right. used him. That's what I'm saying. That's a good way to use a guy like him. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day. All these guys. We were talking about the stunts and the Janellas. I still gotta give Tony Khan credit for not releasing anybody. Yeah. He honored all those contracts yeah. because those guys couldn't work anywhere. Right. And he made sure they all had steady income. When there was no shows running. And he always will deserve some credit. He could have pulled, you know, WWE was wrong. Yeah. To me, 
as much money as they were making, mm-hmm. they could have at least paid those guys downside. If you don't want to use them on TV, that's fine. Right. You know, pay some downsides. Right. Pay them to, fifty grand. You know, whatever they're not, yeah. whatever you agreed to pay yeah. them in their right. downside agreement. I don't care right. what it was, if it was a hundred grand or half a million. Right. Whatever you need to honor that. Right. Because those guys couldn't find work anywhere. Right. That was wrong. Right. You know. Well, what I, what I've heard <coughs> is that WWE is not is doing their contracts totally different. There is no down. Like basically, mm-hmm. they're, they're you're not going to get a cut of your merch. You're just, but they're going to up your salary. Yeah. And you're just going to get paid more. And it's not going to be, there's not going to be this bonus, that bonus, that bonus. This is what you get paid, but it's going to be, you know, 25% increase. It would be what you would make with your bonus, with your checks for your merchandise and your pay per view. Right. Yeah. 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 But what Vince got everybody to come to New York in the 80s was the potential earning. Mm -hmm. And now. Like, you know, we're going to put doll. Who, I mean, you hear the crazy stories of, I got to check for this for my figures. and um, Yeah, you hear a lot of those guys telling those stories, getting those checks in the mail and going, man. Then you hear the story of Chris Jericho and somebody buys a Chris Jericho figure and it rings yeah. up a Hulk Hogan figure. Yep. That's pretty funny. I bet it wasn't funny to Jericho. No. No. He's not. He doesn't like comedy. So, he's another guy that I don't know that I need him anymore. Right. If I got Punk and Danielson, I think. I mean, they've really moved him out of that. Uh, yeah, you think? I mean, he's just kind of there, but he seems like he's having fun, and I'm sure he is. Um, but I could see him going back to WWE. Oh yeah, I th- I, think, I, think, I think that's a given. I th- he's got to go. On, he's got to be your headliner. Yeah, there's for a Hall guy. of Fame. He's going to do something with Kevin Owens and put him over and go in the Hall of Fame. I'm assuming. Um. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. It's it's you know eventually that Dustin Rhodes is going to go. He's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I think Tony Khan's like. Yeah, go do it. Have fun. It'll be great. Yeah, he'll definitely let him go. Um, and they would love to put him there. But going back, you know, I was talking about that podcast I listened to. Somebody commented and said, yeah, AEW lost $1.1 billion last year. And I just was like, they didn't even spend that much. Right. And they're like, oh, they're. They're losing money on the production. It costs a lot to produce those TV shows. I'm like, that's what you're getting paid for. You're right. When you sign the contract with Warner Media, with TBS and TNT, the contract is literally to pay for your production expenses. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, I'm listening to these podcasters. And it was like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks they're an expert, me included. Right, you know? right, right. But I don't. I try to not get on here and just make stuff up. Right. Just to suit the story that I want to tell. I mean, right. I'll tell you what I think. Uh, I, I usually just try to talk about what I like. Right. You know, I don't know how much anybody makes. Right. Uh, if I didn't hear it from their mouth, I don't know. Right. Um, I don't know how much it costs to produce an AEW show. 
I don't know any of these things. Right. And I ain't heard Tony Khan tell it, so I do don't know how any of these people would. Do you know how much it costs to produce one of our shows? Oh, it could usually cost you a lot more than it costs me. I know that. doesn't cost me a thing. <laughs> hey, your time and your talent and your wrestling knowledge. I mean, did you ever think, you know, you're watching hours and hours and hours and you take trading tapes uh-huh. and you have parlayed that into a steak dinner a couple of times a month. <laughs> yeah, I get more than that. I and know, wrestling man. tickets and. You know, I mean, I. Listen, I've done stuff that I never thought I'd do and had conversations with people I never thought I'd have. I mean, you know, met, <laughs> met people I never thought I'd meet. It, you know, I remember I was sitting backstage at a at a show, you know, a couple of years ago, talking to Magnum T.A. about him and Mr. Wrestling, too. Yeah. You know? That wouldn't happen without this. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, I could I ask Nikita Cole. If he would mind hitting uh, somebody with a Russian sickle. Yeah. And he said, that, that, that. Yeah. Sure will. Hey, hey, you, you, you remember? Remember? You, you remember when, uh, you remember when we went to, uh, to Fan Fest and we, we got to, got to meet Dusty Rose? You remember, you remember that? I do remember that. Hey, that, that, that was great. That, that was, was awesome. Great. That was awesome. But I'm saying, like, I, you yeah. know, to get to talk to Nikita like that and, and <coughs> Ricky Steamboat and, George South. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a long conversation with George South one night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, we, lot, and that's just, uh, there's a lot more guys than that. And we have got to call some matches. You know, you know Drake appears pretty regularly on AEW. We've got to call mm-hmm. a couple of his matches. Cedric and, Alexander. Yeah, golly. Um, even like Caprice Coleman's having kind of a resurgence in his yeah, uh, That's the resurgence, first, resurgence. The first, first main event, yeah, that we, we ever we ever called was Caprice Coleman and uh, Cedric Alexander. That was so, a, I mean, you know, I always tell everybody when we talk about anything I've ever done in wrestling. Right. There was a guy one time that said I wanted to. I wanted to fly a plane nonstop around the world, uh-huh. and I never did it. But I did get my pilot's license, right? And that's the way I think about about wrestling. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, both of us have certainly not. I mean, I don't even. I wouldn't even say I'm involved in the wrestling business anymore. No, I no, mean, I'm not in the rap. I'm operating on the. Here's what I can tell you. Right at this point in life, I don't. I, you heard the six degrees of separation, right? And I'm two handshakes away from Vince McMahon. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. closer than I ever thought I'd get. Right there, you go. There you go. I the cool thing with you and I. Is I would say, I want to do. I'm doing the math in my head. You and I could show up to a lot of promotions in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I could message them, "Hey, Mark and I are coming. We'll set up, do commentary. Oh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a pretty cool thing. 
to know you kind of got a standing invitation. If you can be here, we want you here because you make our product a little better. Right. That's not a bad deal. You elevate our stuff. You you know, you show up. You do a good job. And like I said, when I'm saying two handshakes away, that's in a couple of different directions. All right. It ain't just in one direction. All right. I mean. Listen, here's what I know today, right now, today. Vincent Mann was in Saudi Arabia. He's counting money. And he said, listen, I know y'all think this is all about money. I'm two handshakes away from Marwick. <laughs> Ain't that right, Bruce? Bruce like, Bruce like, hand to God. Hand to God. You know, that, that is cool. Like, I mean, I got to meet, got, got to meet Bruce and Conrad. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, we could do a whole episode of this. Conrad Thompson, his contributions of just getting Bruce Pritchard out of the basement. Yeah, I don't know that we were to go giving him a whole lot of credit for that one, the way things are going. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Yeah, the way NXT is, is going. But some people are enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, more power to you. I like Brian Breaker. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I think everybody – I think when you got it, you got it. It's yeah, I mean, I think he 100% is the guy that two or three years from now, he's the next Roman Reigns. Right. I mean, I think if you don't see that, you know, barring him getting injured or him going right. crazy, he's definitely, he's next in line. Right. Um, But we all know they certainly have missed on a lot of those guys before. Yeah, that's true. But generally once they've, when they make their mind up about somebody, right? The only guys they've really missed on are the guys that the fans are saying we want that guy. Yeah, that's the only ones they really miss anything on. And even then, they get their money. Like Brian Danielson, they mm-hmm. get their money out of those guys. They get their, you know what I mean? Right. People would act like they just buried him, but they did. I mean, God, he yeah. was in main events for how long? And yeah. Uh, Made a lot of money, you know, bury me. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that's right. Make me a millionaire and pay me to travel around the world. I'll take that burial any day of the week. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, you think about the tag team titles he had, the the stuff with Kane. uh, Beating Triple H. Because whatever you and I think about Triple H or whatever anybody else thinks about Triple H, that company thinks it's a big deal yeah. for you to beat Triple H. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Shane McMahon getting fired. No. We didn't even have a chance. That's how little I care about that. I, when Shane McMahon came out for the Royal Rumble, I thought it was a legitimate return. I didn't know he had still been working for the company. I don't think he had. I think they brought him in. I mean, I think he was there, obviously. Right. But evidently, that was like they gave him the Royal Rumble match to book, and he was making it out like it. It must have been really bad for his father to feel like he has to fire him. Yeah. I just think, I'm going to be honest with you, I think Vince McMahon wishes Brock Lesnar was his son. Mm. Mm. And I think Shane got on the wrong side of Brock Lesnar. That's what I believe. Mm. 
when he was trying to make it about himself. Because, you know, a lot of he was supposed to do something with Brock a few years back. Right. And Brock nixed it. Yeah. Because whatever people want to believe about him, he does care. Yeah. And he wants what he's doing. He knew that that was not something that anybody was ever going to believe. Right, right. That Shane McMahon was going to have a competitive match with him. and He was not going to sell for him. Right. And I think Shane wanted to make himself look like a tough – well, I don't think it. it this yeah. is the report. He wanted to get in there and look like he was on Lesnar's level. I just don't think it sat right with Lesnar. And, they fired, right. and Vince McMahon fired his own son. It's wild. Have you ever watched uh, um, or looked at his – his, I mean, Vince's Twitter, whenever somebody has a birthday. Yeah. And it'll be like, you know, he's not just the the dead man. He's the, and he'll do this big, long, he is the undertaker, and happy birthday to blah, blah, blah. And then he'll do like a nice one for Steve Austin or The Rock. He's a trailblazing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then on Shane's birthday, his Twitter said, happy birthday, Shane. <laughs> So he's uh, he's all about like tough love with that kid, I guess. Yeah, but he certainly has a different relationship with Shane than he does with Stephanie. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and that was where you know years ago that's why Shane left when it became apparent that she was going to be the one. She's the right. cutthroat one that's going to take over yeah. the company. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's why. Like when he come out in that Royal Rumble, I just thought, like, why? Right. Why are they, we doing this? That it Roy Rumble s- match. Terrible. There was no surprises. No, it was a terrible the, match. Like you would watch. They would do the countdown. They did the hard cam shot. And the whole crowd's looking. It's like three, two, one. Eh, music hit. There, Nothing. There's Riddle. You know. I think. I hope they don't miss. I think he's got potential to be he does but they got him he's so goofy there's no grown man right. acts like that right stop right. having these grown men right act like eight-year-olds right have him act like what he should be he's a he's a former ufc fighter right when the bell rings he's amazing i'm watching him yeah oh, in this match incredible. today and he got the goofy look off of his face and he got serious about everything and then he started acting like Randy Orton and pretending he was Randy Orton. And before the match, he, you know, and he just looks stupid. Right. He looks he looks like a goof. Yeah. And that's why Brock Lesnar, if he presented himself seriously yeah. and they presented him seriously, then Brock Lesnar would probably have had a match with him. Yeah. But he ain't going to have – he didn't even look at Riddle. Right. All he did was pick him up, F5 him, and pin him. He didn't even yeah. look. As he walked around the elimination chamber, he yeah. he stopped and looked at everybody else. He turned his back to Riddle and walked by him. <clears throat> he walked. He said something to him backstage, according to the stories. Really? Because Riddle was talking online. Yeah. Trying to drum up a little interest. Yeah. And apparently he approached him backstage and said, you might as well stop tweeting me. I will never work with you now. Yeah. Because you, you tried to do it on your own. It's never going to happen between you and me. Wow. Matt Riddle, when I went to the Scenic City Invitational a couple of years ago, he had about, it was only like a six or seven minute match with Gunnar Miller. And it was like as great in that environment, as 
great of a five, six minute match you can have. Right. It was absolutely incredible. <clears throat> and it was everything it needed to be. And it got Riddle over because he beat the guy that had won the tournament that was from Chattanooga. Right. And, uh, I mean, he just has it. He's, yeah, he's great, but he's got to stop acting like a goof. Right. You never, that's never going to work. People like yeah. Lesnar are never going to want to work with him. Right. Goldberg didn't want to work with him. Right. Because he's a goof, man. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. That is Nobody acts like that. Right. I've never met a grown man in my life that acts like half of the guys on those WWE shows. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know what who they think acts They're appealing like to, yeah. Yeah, who are you appealing to with this? Yeah. Nobody acts like that. No. Listen, this is the same company that had Dusty Rose delivering pizzas. Yeah. But Dusty was the common man. He really was. He's just a common He's man. He's just a common man. So even as goofy as that was, at least it, you know, they had a wrestling plumber. I get it. <laughs> so I don't know why any of this surprises me. <laughs> that it That after like 40 years of watching this company, that I still think, why don't they let these people act like grown-ups? Right. Right. But. Like the wrestling clown acted like a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the wrestling plumber acted like a grown up. Right. Matt Riddle acts like a goofy seven year old child. Right. All of them do. Otis does. Chad Gable does. Yeah. This, all of them act like children. Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. That's stupid. It's stupid. Continue. That's it. Stuff like that is stupid, and it's never going to – I don't know who it's appealing to. Well, they're always working for an audience of one. And they made $50 million a day in spite of themselves. Yeah. 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 Anyway. In contrast – WrestleNomics, which is a reputable site, podcast. They, To contrast what WWE made today, they estimated that AEW had made about $84 million Today? The whole year. Oh, yeah. Well, we were looking at the thing earlier, and I don't know. I don't remember the guy's name, or, or I would say it, um, where he had done this deal adjusted for inflation. They've made more. On the Saudi Arabia shows where they made like $350 million on right. all the Saudi Arabia shows, whereas they made like $228 million off of all the WrestleManias. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a different business than when, when we first started. And you, had, you got independent shows that drew 40 people tonight. Mm-hmm. There's way, I mean, yeah. But those 40 people at that show believed. Did they? Some Maybe. of them did. Some of them did. There's no, one of the things I miss about all the stuff we did was when we were at three count, the way we would do a setup in Liberty, we were right next to the kids. 
there would be like this section of kids. Mm-hmm. And I just fed off their energy. I hated it. I know you did. Well, snot those punks. But I fed off that energy because they were into it the whole time. I tried to fart on them as much as I could. <laughs> That's what killed this disdain for the audience, baby. That's what killed Dennis Day. His little snot. They'd come up and wiping their nose on their shirt sleeves, and they'd want to shake hands. What's wrong with you? Can I tell you my favorite thing about the pandemic has been the handshake going away? Oh, yeah, I'm bringing it back, baby. Uh, somebody shook my hand the other day, and I thought, what are we doing? I remember the first time I went to shake somebody. This was early in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. This was like, you know what, it started in March. So this is like in May of 2019. And I just remember the first person who just refused my hand. And it was like, it was somebody I knew. We were at a family event and I was like, what is going on here? And that hadn't happened. Now people, like if you hold out your hand, they'll fist bump your elbow bump. They'll at least say, hey. But this person just looked at me. They didn't even say anything. Like, I held up my hand, and he just, like, kind of shook me off. Somebody said to me just yesterday. Yeah. uh, Without going into a lot of details. If we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, I'd give you a hug. And I thought, man, thank God for this pandemic. (laughs) I don't have to hug this person. I'm so thankful that they didn't want to hug me. Right. And I think what they were looking for Mm -hmm. was me to say, it's okay, I'm not worried about it. But I said, I know what you mean. And they kept that hug to themselves. And it it brought a little spark of happiness into an otherwise bad day that I was having. And this this person, they're going to be lying on their deathbed. I should have just hugged him. I should have just hugged him, man. You know, you always regret the things you don't do. I should have just grabbed him up and gave him a hug. I should have hugged him and told him how I felt about him. (laughs) Well, I'll be laying on my deathbed going, God, I sure am glad that person didn't hug me that day. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) This This is how I envision your deathbed. Everybody come in here. I got a bone to pick with you people. I got a, I got a lot of problems with you people. And you're going to hear about it. And I hope, I hope that I have the strength and live long enough to pull my nephew in and act like I'm going to tell him where I've hidden all my valuables <laughs> and then die right before. You're going to want to go down to the end. Of Maple Street, make a left, and there's a building out behind one twenty. <laughs> I'll tell you where I found Nancy Jolly's gold. You go. Have you seen the meme of Yoda? <laughs> what it says? 
What it said it took me getting older to understand why Yoda just got tired of answering all those questions and straight up laid down and died. No more questions. No more questions. Rest, rest. Uh, oh my gosh. Luke. Luke. <laughs> There is another. <laughs> Listen, when we started this podcast, there was no uh, no WWE Network. It started literally after, right after, coinciding. There was no, like, I think we thought we were getting a Marvel Cinematic Universe. But weren't really sure? No, they were in the middle of it. Had to be, man. Had to be. Wasn't Iron, wasn't, Iron Man, was that like 20, 2009 or something? Yeah, because right. Iron Man and everything had already started. We didn't have Disney Plus. No. We didn't have. I didn't even have Cable. Did we even have The Force Awakens? Have we had no. three movies? Yeah, we've had. We're a, getting another Batman. We've had a failed trilogy of Star Wars movies. Galaxy's Edge opened. Yeah. You know, you can pilot the Millennium Falcon now. Yeah. And it's amazing. Did you hear about, we may have talked about this, you know, Dave Portnoy, this barstool guy, He he's a huge Star Wars guy. He gets there, he's like, where's the Star Wars stuff? He's like, eh, okay, whatever. He's messaging the guy, and the guy's like, where'd you go do this? He's like, no, the ride we rode was like three minutes. We went to where all the Star Wars stuff was. He's like, no. Did you see the Millennium Falcon? He's like, Millennium Falcon? There's no Millennium Falcon. We didn't see. He didn't even go to the galaxy. He rode, he rode Star Tours. He rode Star Tours, and he went to, you know, there's like the building where you can go in and meet Darth Vader and all that. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've done that. I've got he pictures. Went, he went to all of that, <laughs> but didn't even go to galaxies. And so he makes a video just like, I must just be stupid, you know. He's like, I had no idea. It's true. Not at Disneyland. It's a There's a huge area that you that has all the Star Wars stuff, and that's where you meet Chewbacca and Darth Vader. That's yeah. where they do the meet and greets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget. Launchpad. Star Wars Launchpad. That's right. Bay. Star that's Wars what, Launch Bay. And, and, it's mm-hmm. at, and it's at Hollywood Studios, too, where everything is, I think. Yeah. Because he's like... Because he was asking somebody, he saw somebody with like Star Wars Mickey Mouse ears. He's like, where are those? And they're like, we're out of them here at that location. And he's like, I see all these people with them. He's like, I'm seeing all these people. He's like, I don't see it. But he he did the video just to kind of make, he just made fun of himself the whole time. It was hilarious. He's like, because they, they weren't even, it was sold out. They weren't even supposed to get tickets. Right. And like somebody inside like. Hey, guy, I'll get you some tickets. He's like, and we didn't even do it. We didn't even see it. The whole reason we went, we didn't even do it. Yeah, I actually complained when we went for that reason. Right. We couldn't get on uh, Rise of the Resistance. We went to Hollywood Studios just to ride Rise of the Resistance, and they weren't. It was like that you would have to log in, and by right. the time you would get logged into the thing, there was no, right. you know, so you couldn't ride it. Yeah, I think they've changed all that. <coughs> they have. I think they listened to you. Well, as I told, and it wasn't just me. There were yeah. a lot of people at customer service complaining yeah. about it. And as I told the young lady at some point, you're going to have to stop using COVID as an excuse for poor customer service. Right. Yeah. 
think our youth pastor's down there this week. He said it's an incredible. Well, you told me it's an incredible ride. When you were out in California, was that one you were there when it? I was there for opening day in yeah. California. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I went the first day that they opened it to the public. Yeah, the night, the night before the day I went, Harrison yeah. Ford and George George Lucas and Mark yeah. Hamill were were there. Mm. And you rode the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure did, and got to sit in the pilot seat. I got to make the jump. That was my role in the thing, which I was like, I was like praying because there's like other, there's two that sit where Han and Chewie sit. Yeah. And that was me and my wife. That's awesome. And the other one, there was like the seats behind it for like gunners and stuff. Yeah. Like they were some kids back there and it said like, make the jump to light speed. And I hit, you know, I got to hit the thing yeah. and you, it, it was amazing. I wish the it ride be- itself is. I mean, it's a it's a mediocre ride, but that part was really cool. It'd be cool if you did it, and it's like. It seems like it does. One time, I can't remember because I just only got to ride it once. Yeah, you know, I haven't ridden. Yeah, it. but it seems like something does happen, and then you like tinker around and you do it again. And- do you think you and Mrs. Whitman will go do the Galactic Cruiser Absolutely thing? Absolutely not. Really, I'm. Unless they make some serious changes, I will not be staying on Disney's property any any longer. Oh, gotcha. It's just not worth it anymore. Gotcha. So they they've taken away when the 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 new president that's taken over has ruined the theme parks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I we were planning on going this fall. We're definitely going to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. And we're rethinking whether we're even going to go to Disney. Really? What what some of their things? You know, used to they did, uh, if you stayed on property, yeah, you could get in, like at some of them, like Universal or um, Hollywood Studios, if the park opened at nine, you could get in at seven, so yeah. you had two hours right, right. To, to do stuff, um, but it would just be like one park a day. Yeah. <clears throat> now, you can get into every park 30 minutes early. There's uh-huh. no time. I mean, 30 minutes. Oh, you can't do anything. It's enough time to get in the park. That's right. about it. Um, that's the big thing. Honestly, wow. that's the big thing. There were, there used to be some benefits to staying on property. Oh, I got you. And those benefits are gone now. They yeah. took it during, he is, and they brought this genie plus in where you pay. See, if you go to universal and buy a fast pass yeah. and you buy the, you actually buy a fast pass, Yeah, which means there's a second line. And every time you ride that ride, that's the line you get in. Yeah. And you bypass the line. There you buy the Fast Pass, this new Genie Plus at Disney. But you still have to reserve a time. Right. To ride the ride. And if they fill up, you just don't, you still don't get to ride anything. Right. And all that it's done is create longer wait times. Now. Wow. Instead of decreasing wait times, they've gotten longer. And it's just not a fun experience. We didn't. We've not had a good experience the last couple of times we've gone to a Disney park, and it cost way too much money to have a bad day. No, that's right. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And and I love Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. But I'm not paying five hundred dollars to stand in line to ride them again. Right. Well, when, mm-hmm. with three kids, the Fast Pass. Paying for that is out. Like and I get that. when we were at Universal to do whatever that pass was, it would have been three hundred dollars oh, yeah. a person. Yes. Uh, for how many days? 
one. Three hundred a person? Yes. It was going to be over a thousand dollars for us. Now I'm talking about the universal. You don't wait for nothing. You right, and unlimited. What, yeah, yes, yeah, that's what yeah. I always buy. Because when I got there, because like before we went, I'm like that can't be right. We'll get there and I'll find out it's a hundred dollars a person. Oh, no, no, we got that's there. And it, it was like going to be twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. And I was like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah, I mean that's what I do, but this is two of us. So. Right. And it's to me, it's worth it to save yourself the headache. That's just, right. You know. And Disney was a, the last two times I've been in the park was a headache. It's just not. It wasn't fun. We didn't enjoy it. We didn't have a good time. And, and that's the opposite of what Disney is Right. That's the opposite of what you're going for. And then Bob Chapek, that seems to be the direction he wants to take the the parks in. And that's fine. They will. Right. That's their park. They can do whatever they want to do. But yeah. I'm. I have a choice of where I spend my money at. So, right. You know. Yeah. Plus, I'd rather go back to Disneyland anyway. Than California. Yeah. Yeah. That's still on my list. It's fun. It's a lot better park. You know. There's a lot more reverence for the park there. Yeah. Um, it's tough to, you know. Disney World's just changed. It's yeah. changed. There's, you know, there's people. There was a fight that broke out the other day. You know, there's a lot of people that, <clears throat> you know, don't have the same reverence for the parks right. anymore. Right. You know, and it's just kind of, it's kind of ruining that. A lot of things are ruining that experience now. Right. People jumping in lines and. Really? Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff like that going on. A lot of arguments and fights are breaking out. Um, and I don't need that. I want that. I go to Six Flags. I can go to Carowinds. Oh, man. Six you know? Flags. Six Dolly, Flags go may have got my last bit of money this year. I go to Dollywood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, I, you know, I went to Carowinds several times this year got a pass for next year and it's it's just a much better park yeah it's a fun park man um i ain't lost nothing in six flags yeah yeah six yeah six flags is like all 16 year old working Mm -hmm. and yeah just not as i have said not clean and not yeah i asked a friend of mine who is (laughs) One of the foremost, I told you this, one of the foremost yeah. experts on theme parks in the country, yeah. in the world. Yeah. This guy, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly, he was the highest, one of the highest paid employees at a major theme park. Yeah. In in the world. Yeah. He know he's a safety inspector. And I said, anything you, anything you wouldn't ride? He said, I wouldn't ride nothing in a Six Flags park. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was his take. I don't know how safe they are. I know that somebody got decapitated in Atlanta one time, right? They jumped. I mean, it was their fault. You know, I don't, that sounds about right. You can't blame Six Flags for it, but the guy jumped the fence. His right. hat fell off, and he jumped the fence, and he ran over, and the roller coaster come around. It messed the girl's legs up, too. Right. Her, head, her legs hit him in the head and knocked his head <laughs> off and messed her legs up, I think. Once again, that's not Six Flags' fault. That was that dipstick's fault for 
jumping the fence. But. Yeah. Speaking of dipsticks jumping the fence, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Let's bring it back around. Yeah. Um, what are the odds he's at WrestleMania? What are the odds he's at Monday Night Raw tomorrow night? I'd say pretty good. I'd say pretty good. I think they're going to want to have him for WrestleMania. Then again, that night after WrestleMania is always a big. I, you know what? The last couple of years, though, I, I haven't felt that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I ain't watched it in the last couple of years. I mean, years. who could, other than Cody Rhodes, who is. There's no free agents anymore. We know we know everybody's contract status. Yeah. And everybody that we really want to see, we can is either on AEW or WWE. You know what I mean? Like there's a small number. I mean, literally, if you count count New Japan, the former Ring of Honor, TNA. You might could come up with five names. You'd be like, oh, I'd love to see that guy debut on Raw. But I don't know that I could come up with five names. Yeah. I mean, if they could get Okada. That ain't happening. I wouldn't think so. And even if they can get Okada for for that crowd. You know, for the AEW crowd, does be a big deal. Oh, yeah. But is it going to be a big deal for the WWE No, no, no. Now, WWE is looking at the sumo wrestler in Japan or the actor in Japan. They're not looking at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, they're not looking at Okada. They already, I mean, they got Nakamura. Right, boy, they've used him well. Exactly. But he seems, from what I understand, very happy. Yeah. I think I remember yeah. reading an article that said for, like he doesn't care. Yeah. That he's not the main event. He's not that guy. Right. Evidently he likes to surf and he, he likes, likes living in Florida and he likes making a lot of money. Yeah. And he's happy. Yeah. 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 Go figure. Some people are like that, you know. But it's like wrestling fans want they want him to be miserable. Well, they he only had this many intercontinental title defenses, and I don't think he lost any sleep over that. Well, I think I said something the last time we recorded about we want to apply the way we feel about a guy to how we think he should feel about yeah <laughs> his career. And some of these guys are happy. Yeah. You know, Kevin Owens is working where he wants to work at. He's happy. He had a choice. He had a choice to leave. He stayed. Yeah. He's happy doing what he's doing with the money they're yeah. paying him. So he's got a wife, two kids, and ten cats. He's he seems to be pretty happy in his whole life. There you go. You know, who am I to say no, Kevin Owens? No, I wanted you to go to. I want you to go to AEW. Yeah, but you didn't do. I wanted you to go and. Turn, change your last name back to Steen. Yeah. And do the Mount Rushmore. It would be cool for him and Sami Zayn to get a WrestleMania match. I maybe, thought they had one. Maybe they did. I don't know. I think they I haven't did. watched WrestleMania in about three years. Really? I've watched bits and pieces, and that's it. That's crazy, man. It's just not on my... Now, I can tell you when all the AEW pay-per-views are going to be. Yeah. I don't watch all the WWE pay-per-views. I tend to watch Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Yeah. 
SummerSlam. That's about it. Yeah. And then if some match catches my fancy that I think will be good and I hear about it, <clears throat> a lot of times I watch Charlotte Flair's matches. She, you know what? She's pretty good. That's what they say. Her and Rondo have a good one-on-one match. I'm sure between now and WrestleMania, they'll put somebody else in it. Probably. But I think that's the one-on-one match people want. And I think a lot want Bianca Belair to get her, you know, to beat Becky Lynch. Yeah, she needs to. She she won that match today to, yeah. to face Lynch. And that's what needs to happen. Yeah. And maybe hopefully Becky Lynch understands when you reach that level, you're supposed to get other pe- help get other people to that level. I'm pretty sure she does. Don't you think? I mean, I think she. Who maybe knows? I don't know. Maybe she does. Who knows what any of these people know? I don't know that half of them know how wrestling works. And I'm talking about the people that book it. Yeah. What do I know? Well. <laughs> You're tired. I can, I can tell that. Yeah, it's been a long couple of days. I know you've had a long couple of weeks, but I'm mm-hmm. glad we got this time. This is about the latest we've stayed out. Mm, yeah, from when we were not watching a pay-per-view. Or yeah, or going, or going to a show. I was hoping when I realized the Elimination Chamber was a day, I'm like, oh, we watched that tonight. And I'm like, uh, no, it's in a different country. Yeah, come on in, dude. And then I, I wish was we like, could have watched the slam dunk contest. Was that on tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and the three point shootout. Come on tonight. The All Star game be on tomorrow night. That's how. Man, I used to plan my weekend around those. I couldn't even tell you who was even in the dunk contest. Because there's just not anybody. I mean. It's not. It used to be Michael like, Jordan being in it. Now it's the the tenth man. Or the yeah. 12th man. I was kind of hoping John Morant would be in it, but he he didn't. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. He's amazing. I love watching the Memphis Grizzlies, man. The fact that you're – I don't even know who you are anymore. The fact that you watch more NBA than me. I have NBA League Pass, so I can watch the Grizzlies do, play. Do you want me to spoil who won the three – who won? I don't care. I'm going to watch it probably, but. Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point contest. What in the world? It's in Cleveland? I didn't even – listen, I keep up with my fantasy team, and that's it. Three-point contest. Who's on your fantasy team? Oh, man. What's Um, your starting lineup? Let's hear what kind of nonsense you got. Hold on a second. I'm trying to see who won the dunk contest. That might still be going, but I don't have – the means be. to watch it. Uh, my fantasy team. So the way our fantasy points goes is you get bonus points for triple doubles and double doubles. Mm-hmm. So I loaded when we did our draft. It's a dynasty league, so you get credit for like if you keep a guy a couple years. So I got Donovan Mitchell. I've got uh, John Collins from the Hawks. I got Clint Capella. I've got uh, Kevin. I got a lot of Atlanta Hawks on my team, dang it. Uh, I've got um, 
two of the guys from the I got Brandon Clark and um Jackson, Jaron Jackson from Grizzlies. I got them. They were both two of my rookie picks. Hmm. Um I got Steve Adams, love him. He's one of my favorites. So when you set up a fantasy team, you don't set up you set it up with just like your favorite. You're not looking at, hey, this guy's got the numbers. No, I'm looking at the numbers. The way our league does is it takes all your stats. So, like, you get a certain number for points. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can look at a guy like Steve Adams, and his he averages about 22 fantasy points a game. That's what I'm looking at. Hmm. That takes into account his rebounds, his free throws. It takes into everything. So if you ask me, how many rebounds is Steve Adams averaging? I don't know, but he's averaging 22 fantasy points. Hmm. Um, so what I looked at, my biggest mistake was I drafted a bunch of mid Carters. That's what I was about to say. You didn't. You don't have. I any. drafted those guys who were consistent. Mm-hmm. And so, where do you think my team is? Right, right in the middle. middle. I'm number six of twelve. And uh, that makes sense. And all these other teams have got Joel. There's a team in our league. Kevin that's, Durant. <laughs> there's there's a team. They're undefeated this year. Uh-huh. And you look at his his rosterness. Now he now a couple of his guys like he, you know, he's got like a Trey Young or if you hit on a, a rookie, you know. And I just all my rookie man. I got one rookie that I've just kept around. He's terrible, but I'm like I get a credit for him. So when everybody else has to make cuts, that's another spot that I don't have to make a cut. I can keep more people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I try to. You get eight minor league spots. So until a guy has played fifty eight games, you can keep him in your minors. So that's what I'm looking for. Who are some guys in the G League? I try to keep that pretty full. You know, take you know, there's been a couple of guys that I drafted um, late. They're just thinking, okay, this guy's in Israel, but he might be coming to the league. You know, you just kind of take a chance on him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just I would do it totally different now instead of looking at the big men, the guys who are consistent, who might hit a double double and earn those extra points. You got to have like two guys on your team that can go out and get not fifty points, but fifty fantasy points, like a James Harden. Golly. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like I was expecting to at least hear that you had like that one top tier player, right? And you so you don't even have you don't. No, like I think the first year we drafted, and Donovan Mitchell was still a young player. Yeah, and I thought he was. You were thinking, I was thinking, okay, he's gonna hit that next level. Well, he got hurt, and he's just kind of been who he is, which is a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I don't think I have anybody on my team that averages 30 fantasy points. Hmm. And you got other teams. I got six guys that average. Right. They're running with but LeBron I would, and Luka. Right. Right. I think I had – I think Luka went to pick before me. Because yeah. cause that was his rookie year. He was, and I was like, I think this kid's going to be something. He's going to be somebody. And and the guy, and I don't, yeah. So, but that's fun. You get to look at rookies. Um, but I, I, you know, I need to make a bunch of trades and get a bunch of draft picks because I, I just got to blow my roster up. You know what I mean? Yeah, you need to get somebody. <laughs> you need to get yeah. Somebody. 
Yeah. Get Joel Embiid. That's who you want, bro. Yeah, like he's just – He's coming, you know. He's coming on. He's coming – Coming on strong. I get. I think Ben Simmons is going to be. I do too. <clears throat> he's going to want to prove something. Yeah, and it, you know he's in a pretty good. That's not a bad team to be on. You think? But they said, especially if they lift this uh, mandate. You got Kyrie, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, Blake Griffin. They were talking about that this is the highest drafted roster in history. Mm-hmm. History. Yeah. Crazy. When Durant gets back. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. I yeah, just that's a, that's a heck of a team. I just think you anyone who thought Harden and Kyrie could coexist on a team. <laughs> mm-hmm. They but they it would be like um you couldn't have Embiid and Shaq on the same team. Right. Because they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if you need a guy that dominates the ball, anyway, it's pretty interesting. It is, man. It is. You know who's going to be scary, though, in like a year or two, is the, is the Warriors. Yeah. Because they had all these injuries, and they got – some good draft picks. Mm-hmm. They got Wiseman, who's been hurt, mm-hmm. and then who's the, Jordan Poole's really good. I got him on my team. Um, I mean, they're going. They've been g- g- having good drafts, mm-hmm. and then they're going to have some cap room. And then Clay Thompson came back. He, yeah, he, he's pretty good. So they say. Yeah. So they say. Uh, hey, this is what you get. I'm. This is great. I am so happy. We c- I would start an NBA podcast with you. Really? <laughs> I w- like I don't have anybody to talk NBA with or baseball. Hmm. I thought about getting into fantasy baseball, but I couldn't even. Did- Braves won this World Series, right? Right. I just don't follow baseball anymore. I don't. It's hard to follow it now. I mean, it's such a the, what I like about the NBA is that I can if I don't have anything going on. Yeah. I just throw a game on. Right. And it's kind of in the background. Yeah. And then I can tune in when it gets, yeah. you know, kind of toward the end. I really yeah. lock in on it. Yeah. Um, and you can watch like two games in the time it takes to watch one baseball Right, game. right, right. You know? And it's exciting. It's always moving. And there's a – especially when you get to the end, like that last five minutes, and it's a close game. Yeah. And the chess match that starts yeah. being played. Yeah. This is great to watch, man. Do with league with the league pass, mm-hmm. do they have an option to like let's say it's Saturday and you want to watch the game from Thursday? Is yes. there a way to watch that where it's you know, no commercials and it's shortened and it's they it takes you about an hour to watch it? Actually they have a every game has a ten minute replay of all the key plays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take it easy with that. It's kind of like today. But you know they do that also on YouTube. Oh, God. Well, you the, can go to the NBA's YouTube channel and watch a 10-minute version. It's just it's the same thing. Um, one of the things with uh, – it's not the not NFL League Pass, but some kind of NFL. It's like 100 bucks a year. The Red Zone? I don't – it's not that. It's something else. And you can, you can go <coughs> back and you can watch. It's the game – 
but just the plays. It's right. not the time between. No commercials. It, right. But it takes like you know forty five minutes mm-hmm. yeah. to, uh, to watch a game. Then that, but it's also got like the coaches cam. It's got you can watch the game broadcast. Yeah, or you you can watch different versions. I didn't know if the NBA deal had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, you can watch the condensed versions of the game, but it's it's only like a ten or ten minute. But it's all the key plays, right? You know, who's going? Who you think's going to win the NBA championship today? Mm-hmm. Everybody being who they are today, yeah, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, they're yeah, but you know. If New York lifts the mandate and lets Kyrie play at home, um, strange, very strange. If they let him yeah. play at home and Ben Simmons works out mm-hmm. and KD's healthy, I don't know, man. Brooklyn, you know, the, I don't think Golden State's going to do it this year. I don't, no, think, I don't no. think they're ready. No, they need some time. Uh, and then, I mean – the 76ers are a dark horse. The Celtics are coming in. You know. You got this team called the Bucks, But they've had yeah, some injuries. Yeah, that's true. The Bucks, yeah. You can't, can't count them out. Um, I, You know, the thing, the Nets. The Lakers. Have, <laughs> that, they a, may not even make the joke. play. Yeah. That was a joke, by the way. Um, Boy. Whew. That Russell Westbrook experiment. Yeah, that's not working out too good for Um. I, and if I didn't say the Denver Nuggets, our friend Kerry would get mad at me. I yeah. Well, there uh, has their point guard come back yet? He got hurt. I'm not sure. I don't follow them. I wish <clears> – I love watching the grill. Like, I'm absolutely the, – the Celtics are kind of my team. Yeah. But there's always that player. Like, yeah. I've really become a John Morant yeah. fan. And watching. I've been watching the Grizzlies more than anybody. Just because yeah. they're fun to watch, man. Yeah. Phoenix is fun to watch, but they're like – it, it's like methodical mm. basketball. You know what I mean? Right. Very methodical basketball. There's nothing. They're not out there showboating, and they're right. just going out and, and, and scoring and, and getting rebounds and, and playing basic. They were like playing money ball. Yeah. You know? Uh, but the 76ers are fun to watch. Yeah. The, the thing with the Nets is they have a lot of guys on that roster who just have a lot to prove yeah. and who – it's like they have they have put together a roster of guys who are at that point in their career where it's not about it's like I just want to get a ring. Yeah, they're they ring chasing championship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're you know you don't see dynasties anymore, man. Like we're, no. we're you know a guy like Jordan plays for the same team and right. now they try to jump around and build these suits, which is James Harden's thing. He, which I like him. A lot of people don't. I like yeah. Harden, but. He does seem to be a malcontent sometimes. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like he's chasing a ring and just kind of trying to jump on teams that that he thinks will get him one. But I mean, the Sixers are good, and then you add him to the mix, man. That's yeah. Somebody said that like he and um, he and Kyrie had been playing one on one, and he can't beat Kyrie one on one, and that is what led to a lot of their. The problems between the two of them. Really? Because he couldn't beat him one on one. Really? And 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 evidently Kyrie was reminding him of it, and it, it wound up getting out of hand. Kyrie, I don't enjoy watching him play. Really? 
Uh, but he's incredible. He's mm-hmm. he is he is probably the. I'm trying to think because I, I I'm no I'm gonna say he's one of the best point guard finishers that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The way he gets to the hole, the body control, the dribbling, the moves. He's just he's just really he's just really incredible. And uh without him, LeBron James is LeBron James is one of the greatest players ever. Mm-hmm. But without Kyrie, Ray Allen, you know, he's got a couple of less championships. Yeah, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Yeah. And people say, Well, John Paxson won won Jordan championship. Yeah. And Michael Jordan's one that made sure he got the ball. Mm-hmm. That's when they started winning. When Michael Jordan's like, okay, these guys can help yeah. me. That's right. Shaq talked about that the other night. Said him and Kobe would kind of had a deal that Shaq scored the first half of the game and Kobe got the ball the second half. <laughs> Something like that he was talking about. Wow. <clears throat> that basically like he knew Kobe could run the whole game but he knew he was going to get tired yeah so like he would really try to be dominant in the first half yeah and then make sure he got the, make sure Kobe got the ball yeah uh, I'd always heard they had a real contentious relationship but I don't know I mean you don't I think hear. they did at times I think uh, I, you know I read a couple of Phil Jackson's books and it was like Shaq just, you know, Shaq. There was one year he needed surgery, and he didn't get it till. He's like, "Summer's my time. I'll get surgery when see you know when we go to training camp. That's when I'll get my surgery and I'll recover yeah. during the season." And uh, Kobe was just Kobe was just different, man. Well, you know that was the a big contention with Pippen and Jordan too, right? Right. Pippen needed that surgery, but summer was his time and yeah. he didn't get yeah. the surgery when yeah. the season started. Yeah. And uh there you know I yeah. I don't think I wish I would have appreciated Kobe's career more. Yeah, me too, man. But I also feel like he brought a lot of that on himself. Mm-hmm. Forcing the trade. And yeah. then I think it was in the playoffs, and he airballed three straight shots. He just, he was in a bad. I mean, they just Dell Harris was not the guy back then to get them where they needed to go. But yeah, that new Lakers show looks good. It's going to be on HBO Max. One hundred percent, it does. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. That's going to be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That was a, uh, you know the the fallout between Will Ferrell and. Um, and Adam McKay is that show. Really? Yeah. I like, didn't know there was a falling out. Because he was originally supposed to play Jerry Buss. Ah. And they wanted John C. Riley. Yeah. They decided they wanted him to do it. Yeah. So John C. Riley called Will Farrell. Yeah. And he said, Look, I know that you're attached to this thing. Yeah. We're friends, and I don't want to step over you. Yeah. But they want me to do it. Is yeah. this going to be a problem? And Will Ferrell said, no, man, go for it. Like, yeah. if they want you, yeah, knock it out of the park. But Adam McKay didn't call Will Ferrell. Oh. 
because he's the one that wanted to John yeah. C. Riley to do it. Yeah. And he didn't call, and it hurt Will Farrell's feelings that he didn't call him and say he, like I think he pretty much if he'd have just said we want to go with John, yeah, he would have been fine with it. Right, he's his friend. He wouldn't have cared. He didn't yeah. need the money. Yeah. But yeah, they're like like the funnier die thing. They're not doing that anymore. What is that? They had the website together. That was oh. one of those original viral videos. I didn't know that. That little the little baby landlord. Yeah. was like cussing at Will Ferrell and all this stuff. That was one of the original. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, they had a big falling out over the show, but the show looks amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think some of the people being portrayed in the show aren't too crazy about it coming Probably out. Probably not. But... But hey, it is what it is, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we started out with Cody Rhodes. This has been the prototypical. This has been one of the weirdest. I don't think we've ever talked about another sport as much as we just talked about. No, the NBA. The NBA. If you have never listened to the Double Drop Kick show, the essence of it is. We don't have a time limit. <laughs> we don't have any notes. The podcast is not this this portion of the podcast. It is not for the people. It is for us. Yeah, that was a conversation we would have had in the car. Right. We just hit record, yeah. and you yeah. might be like, "Well, that was stupid. I didn't like listening to that." Well, okay. Well, yeah. fine. Uh, Maybe you'll like the next episode. Yeah. We've maybe, been doing this eight years. I don't see us. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I can tell you. I ain't changing. I don't. Uh, yeah, we do this for, I mean, yeah, we do this for us. That's right. I'll probably tell Heath to go back and edit the part where I called the guy who got decapitated a dipstick because it makes me sound insensitive. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> if you think I'm going to Spotify this podcast. <laughs> And go back and delete everything you've said that's insensitive. <laughs> this is what our eight years of podcasting we consent of. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Championship Wrestling. It's another big week. Join, Join us right now. It's so long, fans. Welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan. And so long, fans. That's it for now. Oh, man. <laughs> it's been a fun ride I hope it continues I mean it ain't gonna stop because of me it ain't gonna <laughs> stop because of me well there we go I guess we're gonna keep doing this thing I guess I'm gonna have to put a studio we're in having our having house. this contentious relationship from now on yeah it'll be interesting because every time I move we have to find new places to eat yeah we do but that's okay there's a good breakfast place near where I'm going to be living. No, it ain't no deaners. Is anything? Let me tell you. As soon as the Double Dropkick show stopped going to deaners. They went out of business. Yeah. It's a proven fact. Yeah. We're good for business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not your wrestling business, but definitely your restaurant business. <laughs> Oh, that's a story for another day. So, Cody Rhodes. He's all right. He's all right. We like him. 
He's fine. He's a great mid-card, upper mid-card guy that you can plug into the main event a couple of times a year if you need to. Yep. And we expect that that will happen in WWE the next three years, and then he'll go back to AEW. <laughs> and he'll do put the Stardust makeup back on, and then they'll release him. Do you think Cody is wanting to be like, I'll show Tony. I'm going to go to WWE, <clears throat> be the man, and then he won't be able to deny me. I wonder if he wants to show Tony as much as he wants to show the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Because I think there's a well, – I heard stories a while back that there was a, a riff there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any secret, especially after what Kenny Omega said today. Right. That there definitely was a riff there. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Hey, I'm probably going to tune into Raw the next couple of times just yeah, to see yeah. what happens. I mean, I'm definitely, I got it DVR'd, so I'll be watching it Tuesday morning. Well, there you go. If anything happens, I'll go back and watch it. Well, some of us have to work on Sundays. Do you really have to work tomorrow? I got to be in there early. Well, you got to press record? Yes. You got to. Literally. Yes. <laughs> that's Literally, what I'm yes, that's what You're I am. You're just going to gonna sit down and listen to somebody talk. Well, they're singing too. Oh, well, there you go. That's your favorite part, standing up and singing with a large group of people. My favorite part is when they say, turn to the person to your left. Turn to, let's all <laughs> hold hands and sing Kumbaya. You really haven't been to church in a while, have you? I, like, I'm going to be honest with you. If they took that out of church, I might go. We don't do that ever. Y'all don't do the stand up and say hey to your neighbors? No. Nobody when, does that anymore. When did that stop? During the pandemic? Even when I was a pastor, in 10 years, we maybe did that 10 times. That's 10 times. Too many. There's too much hugging. Too much hugging. Well, the pandemic has ended all that. We don't even pass the offering plate anymore. Wow. Now you really are <laughs> tempting me to go. <laughs> we're not going to make you hug anybody. I don't have to hug anybody. We're not going to pass the offering plate. We're not passing the offering plate. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it just keeps getting better and better. I could, if, you, if I knew you were going to come to my church, I would unlock the back door for you, let you come in the side door, sit on about the fourth pew. Nobody's going well, – I'd make it where you wouldn't even have to talk to anybody. Could I come up there and sit with you? I'd sit with you. Do you know – You sit with me in the balcony. The, like, okay, because that was uh, – like my grandpa used to run the sound, and he yeah. had a big chair up there that he would sit in. <laughs> yeah. He had like the, all the old men. He had his recliner up there that he would do that. And uh, like I think I know why he did it. But I used to love sitting up there with him because he had another little chair beside him, and it'd just be me and him. Yeah. We'd be the only ones up there. And I'd be like, "This is where it's at. Look at those suckers down there having to <laughs> hug each other and shake hands, <laughs> say I love you." And it's just me and my papa up here. You know who else thinks like that? Drake. He yeah. loves it. He's like, I don't ever want to not sit in the balcony. I'm like, well, sometimes we're gonna. Be. Nope, I'm sitting in the balcony. That's it. I get it, man. If I ever went back, I think I'd want to be the sound guy. So I can avoid all that. <laughs> well, let me tell you, 
being the sound guy now is a lot more complicated. I'm sure you're not you just you don't just have a piano and an organ and one guy singing. You got the guitar and the other guitar and the bass and the guitar. Some, some fat chick up there singing daddy's hands. I'm going to tell you, that's where I draw the line. Daddy's if somebody shows up like doing a special day, he's doing this song, I'm like, nope, I refuse to. I will not be hitting play. We're not singing daddy's hands. Nobody's going to sing about going down to the river to pray. <laughs> About you know, away. you know, I mean, what I miss is people getting up there. Y'all prayed for me. <clears throat> My voice, been, I can't, I, you know, <clears throat> try to get through this song. Y'all prayed for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Y'all just pray that the Lord will <laughs> protect my voice, help it project here, let it penetrate the heart that needs it. <laughs> you have been in church. <laughs> I just know that somewhere out there, there's a heart that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just know all the stereotypes, and they're pretty true. Well, they're there, you know. They're there for a reason. All right. I think we've covered enough topics. Yeah, let's What do you see. think about this QAnon stuff? That's what I was about to say. How could we, what's your take on all these truckers up here at the Canadian border? <laughs> well, all right, everybody. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Double Dropkick. That's where we're going to record our trucker and QAnon episodes. So, <laughs> You're uh, the one that believes in QAnon. <laughs> not me. That is uh, That is not true. Neither one of us believe in QAnon. No. Anymore. Okay, so for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.